0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours I'm Grant Spanier And I'm Vince Kochi And you are listening to episode 98 98 I was thinking maybe 99 And I was really excited about it because it was a palindrome But then I you myself You just got a little excited in- I know, I, I understand Tune in next week for 99 and I'm going to lose my shit <laughs> yeah, no but kidding. I, I, speaking of losing your shit, I actually lost my shit during this episode. And I, when we stopped recording, I was just like, oh man, thank you so much. I was so fucking excited to have this guy. There was
1: there. I actually started. I almost
0: started. I mean, I was like, I had tears. I don't know if you saw that during this episode.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I I'm
0: nodding, which is great for the podcast. But yeah. <laughs> Classic visual gang. I really was like tearing up during this one because this dude is such a passionate, generous, important. I think he wouldn't call himself that, and it's not like it's that's uh, besides the point, especially given the topic, but really important filmmaker and creative voice and creative force working in the world that is shunned and uh, Who's a documentary filmmaker? He runs very Ape TV and has, has his own podcast. I mean, it's always nice to have a, a fellow podcaster. They on the just couch. seem
1: to understand something that the the plebeian guests don't get. Yeah, that's how powerful. hard it is to do a show, Dan and day. Uh Jokes aside, though, very generous conversation, super insightful, super fun, and and honestly feel good. And the conversation was about empathy, which to anyone who is familiar with their work, with his work. Uh, it'll be obvious why we talked about it mm-hmm. to those of you who aren't familiar with this work become familiar with this work. Uh, we talked about how to tap into your human side and and ask questions instead of looking for answers
0: mm-hmm. I would strongly recommend checking out some of that work, even if it's just like skimming through and watching the trailers. I think it's good context for listening to this episode. And I can't imagine a better sponsor for this episode when I think of people doing important, cool, creative work that is hopefully having impact, that is Death to Stock, uh, which, when I think of the importance of it, I think what it does is it helps people be more creative and hopefully inspires some creativity and uh, some quality in the work they're doing. Uh, And I work on that, full disclosure. I create Creators Direct, a lot of the work we're doing. That's like photo packs, video packs, design assets. Uh, definitely yep. worth checking out. It's deathtothestockphoto.com. Go okay. download some packs. We give away free photos every month. so
1: It's a great service, and it's a great flops. And if Philosophy. you don't like
0: free photos, fuck you.
1: Then fuck you. <laughs> Uh oh. All right. We've done it again. Uh, but thank you so much to Sean Dunn for, for joining us. Uh, amazing conversation. Thank you, Deathstock, not only for your patronage, but for what you do. And thank you, listeners, for everything. Hope that you enjoy episode 98, Empathy.
2: still sound a little bit uh like you're in deep space or something trying to communicate a message to me <laughs>
1: earth yeah.
2: earth to sean are you, no, out you sound there? good yeah you sound great
0: man been the last few apps, i feel like it's almost gotten unbearable that's the way i dance around it at the beginning and i think maybe for this one i should just like just go right into it or
1: uh see now you're doing that thing where you talk about going right into it but that's in and of itself not going right into it
0: sometimes i feel like we're just on different wavelengths and you're (laughs) not hearing me and you're not really communicating with me and i don't appreciate it (laughs) Uh, come on and it turns me off from the whole thing i know i was gonna ask you a question i was gonna start the show and now it just feels like Sometimes
1: I feel like you engineer this sort of conflict that doesn't really exist.
0: You know what, Vince? I'm going to take the high road here, and I'm just going to move on, and we'll do the show, and I will ask you, what are you working on? What are you putting your time into?
1: Are you happy? (laughs) Uh, I'm thrilled, man. I'm excited. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm taking the high road now. I'm excited to be here with you in studio to do this cast. Um Well, I'm busy at the office, uh, the commercials I was working on for XL Energy, going into editing, color, et cetera, et cetera. And I have been doing a little bit of writing for the Minneapolis Egotist, which is, um, it's got some connections through my current boss, and he kind of is involved in it, uh, in a periphery role. And I'm going to be writing like sort of opinion color pieces for it. Oh, boy. (laughs) Should be fun. Should be fun. I don't really know what to expect. I don't think they do either. So good. Well, I look
0: forward to reading those and <laughs> yeah. and supporting you. I was going to say critique. I don't know why I'm like you. Are, I am engineering a conflict. I take it back. I'm excited for you, and I can't <laughs> wait to read.
1: Thanks, man. Well, I'm excited too. Hey, Grant, what have you been putting your time into recently? What have you been working on,
0: oh, man? Thanks for asking. I uh, just wrapped up a music video. Uh, the photography part of it so now we're moving into edit and uh just producing some other video projects that's kind of big focus and then i have a show coming up that i'm djing in a little bit here so i've been prepping for that kind of doing some cool stuff i'm excited to share you
1: wait what's the date on that one
0: where, where uh is it? july 28th uh it's 7th street entry first avenue awesome yes i hope to see you there
1: <laughs> i hope to see you there
0: <laughs> I feel like that's a reference. I feel like that's like a, you know what it is? It's a reference to your other podcast. That's like, <laughs> that's an enunciation you use in that show.
1: <laughs> I, I do. You know what I'm saying? I, yes. Yes. yes wow. that's, I know I'm flattered that you, knew, you actually know. identified that. I know. I'm
0: embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. I, I get excited about most of our guests, I would say. Some, I'm just like, yeah. Others, I'm like, yeah. And I feel like today's a, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the latter ones, one of the more excited
0: ones. Absolutely. Uh, man, I, I first found him from this Monster Children interview he did, and I was super intrigued by it. And then I dug into his work, and I haven't made my way all the way through, but I've watched a few of his films. Um I watched Florida Man, American Juggalo, and the Trump Rally film. And I think Florida Man and Trump Rally were both staff picks. Um, I haven't gotten to the others and I'm sure we'll talk about that But uh, super curious uh, About this fella, this uh, Filmmaker, he has a studio Called Very Ape and I, I, We haven't corrected Pronunciation on that so who knows <laughs> Maybe it's Very Ape. Maybe it's a, Maybe a French term Maybe it's sort Mediterranean
1: be. pronunciation
0: We'll find out um, But he's a director, he also has a podcast And I'm sure we'll dig into all these things Welcome to the podcast, uh, Sean Dunn
2: Yes, I'm here how do we do? You guys did really awesome. It sounded so natural. That's how you know I love natural.
0: <laughs> yes, it's true. Although, I mean, that's probably an interesting way into the conversation. We w- we won't want to dig too deep into it, but that is a. It seems like a trademark of your work. It seems natural, but I even just in my limited experience, like photographing and doing in general directing, it's like it's kind of hard to make it seem natural. So that that's fascinating to me. But maybe, Vin, oh, I, I kind of yeah you do
1: it cause might I, I do the honors th- I really appreciate it um, Sean we have a question for you
2: yeah lay it on me man
1: what have you been working on lately what have you been putting your time into
2: Um, a few things um, I'm doing a commercial gig right now and you know I gotta do those every now and then to pay yeah. the bills and keep this whole thing going I'm working on a bigger project about psychedelic drugs and mystical consciousness. And um, yeah, I'll have more information to talk about that soon. So we're kind of hard at work at that, casting and preparing for that one. Working on this commercial and yeah, doing my own podcast so I can kind of stay in touch with the human race between these bigger projects. And <laughs> kind of keep my skills sharp. So yeah, I'm working on a lot of stuff, but honestly, mainly just doing drugs so it's you know it's okay
0: okay. i mean it's research right for the project
2: Uh, yeah yeah it's kind of research (laughs) and you know drugs get a bad name and i just have to be the person that every now and then is a a representative for um conscious responsible adult drug use cool i
0: mean (laughs) uh, respect i haven't really talked about on the podcast but i've dabbled a little bit yeah Uh, yeah mostly i've done acid twice and i've done mushrooms once
2: how were those experiences
0: a fantastic incredibly um i think empowering actually by the end of them mm-hmm. especially acid i would say the, mush- the mushroom experience was just pretty playful um and fun but both my acid experiences were pretty intense yeah. and in- introspective and uh, really i feel like equipped me to deal with a lot of stuff
2: yeah yeah i agree i mean that's kind of why i've latched onto it as a uh, subject matter that i can't really seem to avoid for for a a bigger project is it just just had such an impact on my life in a positive way unexpectedly that um i'm like we might as well honor these mystical experiences uh in our chosen form here in the best way that we can so yeah I'm, i'm doing that stuff and uh doing hanging out and living my life you know trying to stay inspired yeah yeah in new york some running around you know i like to get out to seattle and hang with people out there and yeah that's that's a spot but yeah i don't know A, a lot of hanging out and being and trying to really kind of nurture the path to being a creative person and being an artist and being an interesting artist and you know part of that for me is actually living my life and not just thinking about how to create art all the time
0: Awesome. I mean, yeah. I think that's fantastic. And <laughs> I, I think even the psychedelics and then of course your work are good segues into talking about our topic today.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just from your answer and your what you've been working on and how you talk about your work, it's pretty apparent that you bring a level of empathy to yeah. everything you do. And I've your work a little bit. I've gotten, I've done some research on you recently. And when Grant proposed this topic to me, it made a lot of sense because it's just something that exudes everything that I can see that you do. So maybe we can start by talking about if we've got that right. Do you feel like empathy factors in a major way or in a significant way into the work that you do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a major part of who I am, you know, even even before I had these kind of life-changing psychedelic experiences a few years ago, and that really sent me more directly on this path, I feel like it was a big part of who I am. You know, I probably picked it up from my parents, and, you know, we all have that in us, but um, my parents are very, they're very liberal people. They're extremely... Um, just spiritual and in touch and in tune with something that's that that goes bigger than our individual differences and maybe growing up in that atmosphere and I, I grew up um my little sister has epilepsy and that you know she's 28 years old and it's controlled every day of her life for her whole life and you know that kind of breaks it breaks down the the dam of empathy in you itself you know kind of being exposed to that all the time and having to to look at someone like that and and see them go through so much stuff and it's so close to you i feel like they were there were things that, you know my sense of empathy was has kind of been swirling around in me my whole life and it's just started to come out as a creative expression when i started making these films when i was uh like 27 years old and you know i think when i first started making them i didn't necessarily know like Oh, here's a here's a common thread through my through my films or here's what the theme is going to be or whatever. It just kind of started to become that and when people then people would notice those things and ask me questions like what you guys are talking about right now and it's it, it in retrospect it's become a theme, but for the most part I'm not really going into these things with that like as a huge priority. Really it's just like let's go out there and let's capture the vibe. Of a place or some people or a person, and come back to the edit room and see if we can bring it bring it to the audience in a way anywhere near how it impacted us while we were out there. And um, you know, usually that's empathy inducing. I know for me, like challenging myself to go to a Trump rally, for instance, Mm -hmm. was you know that that was something I would never expect um, empathy to play a big role in. I thought I was actually going to be very much struggling with the whole thing but honestly we we went down to shoot that and i just i i got that warm feeling um, i got that warm feeling again and i was like oh man they're just people they're just my people. people they're just like they're just like fucked up they're it, like yeah. i don't even know if they if you would say fucked up but like i don't they're just confused and misled yeah. and um i i i can relate with that i sure. did feel like a turn with that one so i guess
0: um, I, I also forgot about... Was it Oxy... Can... Oxy... Oxyana. excuse me. Yeah. So I haven't watched that either, but i watched the trailer. But uh, so my experience with your work was I watched the American Juggalo uh, doc and I watched that twice. Cool. Um, and then going from that to the Trump rally, at first, uh, watching the Trump rally one, uh, and we'll show notes all this for people and I I really think they should watch these even before listening or like right now stop it and go listen because or <laughs> stop it go watch the Quebec pause uh, the tape end of side one <laughs> yeah. yeah flip it over but okay very the
2: TV, they're all free
0: yes it, and that's amazing but so the difference is uh, with the Trump one it felt less I don't think empathetic is the word but when I watched the American Juggalo one at least like I, I watched that through twice and yeah. it felt like the whole thing was from like Maybe that perspective more and, but I did feel like it changed part way through the Trump one where, where people started to be, you started seeing them as humans when they were like, they were uncomfortable. They were getting shut out of the room. And then that became like the next like act of that narrative. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, you're exposing the humanity of these people when they're just like sort of like cattle you know shoved into this room and they all they they want to see their hero and it's just like
2: yeah uh, they want to they want to see their hero talk about building a wall and then they're caught on the other side of one at their own hero's event and they lose their shit it,
0: it's incredible it's it's
2: beautiful it's just it really such a beautiful is. balance that took place like right in front of us and um yeah like i said i was very much uh, i was very much with those people i was kind of i came out of that like really just thinking first of all trump's going to be our next president but then one, upon watching the footage realizing oh i was the youngest person here by far so yeah i i don't know unless unless the elderly really get out and vote this election i, I don't think he stands a fucking chance but oh, um <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there was just so much so much humanity going on left and right and some really revealing stuff that i think um was important to know you know i, I at the time i was consuming a lot of um these 24-hour news channels and and they're just covering trump non-stop and i um I was just always much more interested in if the, if the media could turn the cameras around and see who's actually there and what they're doing and what they're saying. And so we just went and did it ourselves and we made it on cell phones and we made it for extremely cheap. And, um, I still think it was a a very effective film and it was a challenge for me. I hadn't gone at one like that before. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I I hope and I think that the result is something that's entertaining and enlightening and helps expand your circle of compassion a little bit, even to include people that might have different political beliefs than you.
0: Absolutely. I think you hit the mark on that. Um, Maybe you could talk a little bit about the process because you're saying you filmed that on cell phones. In general, from what I've seen, you're in pretty intense situations with Mm -hmm. people who are breaking the law potentially naked doing drugs doing all sorts of things exposing themselves yeah. in, you know not just like physically but exposing themselves and so that process is really interesting to me i, I alluded like my own experience even just shooting like street photography can be mm-hmm. really like intense but to get in these situations seems like wow so maybe you just want to talk about like how you approach that
2: yeah it's um yeah it's it's extremely intimidating when i think about it ahead of time even now like I'm, I'm not out shooting a project and and the idea of it i'm like oh god oh what's that gonna be like it's so i don't know I, I confrontational is the wrong word but it's just putting yourself out there in a really strange way and asking someone else to as well and asking people to meet you on that level for your art um it's extremely generous when they agree to do it so you know what i what i try to do is i try to approach these projects with as little of an agenda as possible and just kind of see where they take me a little bit because then i can kind of take the the audience on a similar experience a similar journey to mine and hopefully it'll be as eye-opening as my Mm -hmm. journey was and you know when i when i think of that i think of cam girls a film we just recently made and um how you know we were really asking these women, a lot of these women. We weren't just filming their day to day lives. We were filming them naked. We were filming them doing sex shows. We're filming with their their families, their husbands, whatever people that are that are normally behind the scenes in their lives. And um it was it, it it's exposing. It it really does. And they were willing to go there with us. And it seemed like a lot a lot to ask. But then there was such generosity on their parts, and they really came to the table with something and spoke to their spoke to their industry in a way that really opened my eyes to it I think I went into that film with like a a bit more of a, I don't know probably I probably would have had a bit more of a boisterous approach and then you realize what it was all about and I was like okay cool I, need to, I think I need to so show some artistic restraint here and um, yeah they were just so damn generous and all I want to do is kind of bring that vibe back to the audience mm. bring, bring that back to my audience and hopefully it'll have the same effect on them hopefully they'll look at sex workers differently treat sex work differently in general maybe just chill the fuck out about sex or question their opinions about it and Mm. that's really what it's about for me is like let's bring back these experiences that can help challenge the audience it's not even necessarily about me or the subject matter, but more about how do we challenge the audience uh, and give them some forced introspection through totally. immersing them in these experiences that are kind of far off and far out sometimes, like Cam Girls or Florida Man or, or um, the situation in West Virginia that I filmed for Oxiana. Those, those are far out there things that you know average Americans aren't coming across every day. So if we can bring back an artifact of that
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's super important work and generous in its own right. I think it could be easy to exploit those situations because they, when you read them on paper, those are pretty intense topics to tackle. Mm -hmm. But I think, again, empathy is such an important factor here.
2: Well, and, and honestly, that's what I'm leading with. And I think, yeah, it it is dangerous to make documentaries about those subjects. It would be so easy to go down the wrong path, like you're saying. And a lot of times that's the tendency when there is um, another layer of, quote unquote, creative above me. You know, and there's not. I'm, I, yeah. Me and my editor are finishing these films and putting them out on the Internet for free the second that they're finished. I'm not like... I'm not advice like running it by a fucking board of people that need to give their little opinions and stuff like that when, yeah. when that's all part of the process it seems to me that documentary in general is getting dumbed down to like a like kind of like moving wikipedia entry yeah and you know and one that's focused on not celebrating the humanity but really kind of like finding the negative epicenter of this, of, of this given subject matter or this person. And they're just really kind of nasty tendencies. And I don't know, I just, I just want more from the medium that I'm devoting my life to. So,
0: well, thank you. Keep doing that. (laughs) Um, I am curious from a practical standpoint, that feeling I mentioned of even just like taking a photo, like that idea has the word take in it, right? It implies you're taking Mm -hmm. and so like i've thought a lot about like the photographic ethics of that and how that goes but just from a practical process standpoint and i'm sure it's different for each film but what are you saying to these people like what do you tell them or it seems like even just from watching uh you're patient and you sort of just let the camera roll sometimes Mm -hmm. and they just sort of go like that's the personality of, of a lot of the subjects but yes okay yeah I mean
2: uh, th- that's the key is like we're not asking anyone to do anything out of the ordinary we're interested in them and exactly how they are you know so it's not like oh but I'm gonna really need you to do this when when we tell people when when we approach people about these films whether it's on the street right there in that moment or on twitter months before we're going to film anything we're just extremely open and honest about what it is that we do and and um, how what their role in that whole thing is going to be, and honestly, when it when it really comes down to it, what I think we do and my team, what I do is just remind people and try to ground people. And I use documentary as a spiritual tool, a way to reconnect with with uh, my surroundings, with my environment, with the fellow people who are sharing this very odd experience of living on Earth in 2016. So, um, yeah, I, I, think it's, it's different for each film, how we approach people, but really it's not because we just approach them with complete honesty and just say, you know, here's what we're looking to do, how it turns out, we don't know. But if you look at our previous work, what we're looking to do is, is celebrate this situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes it's tragic and, and profound, like in Oxiana And sometimes it has a lot of levity, like moments in cam girls in Florida, man, but I, I kind of like that. I don't want my films to be one tone. I want them to kind of run the gamut of the human experience. What if what it was like for us? What it's like in your day to day? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, we're 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 good with the subjects. I feel like I feel like yeah. they become our friends. They become really trusted collaborators, and not like. Like people always ask me about exploitation, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I, well, I was I, just gonna I,
0: say, I, I feel like you're not exploiting. Like that is a rarity in these situations because that is the implication a lot of times.
2: But yeah, yeah, because I mean, uh, that. But what I what I say in response to that is like, I I feel like somebody accusing me of that is being condescending towards my subjects themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like <sighs> they're they're p- in their minds putting my subjects in a position where they could be exploited, whereas the way I see it it was very um uh you know everybody everybody agreed to do this and this person you know bared their soul on camera and i i don't see how taking that out to a wider audience and trying to expose them to these uh, to these maybe fringe activities from fringe communities i don't see how that's That's hurting really anyone. I think if anything, it's it's helping the audience, like I said, expand their circle of compassion a little bit. Totally.
1: I think that point of view is speaks pretty naturally to having an empathetic mindset. I liked what you mentioned really early on in conversation where you said if you try you that you don't try to make empathy the focus of your work. And I would go so far as to say I think that's kind of impossible to achieve. So <laughs> if you start out with empathy as the focus for your work, you're going to miss the mark because that's yeah. not what empathy is. Mm-hmm. So I hope I'm not being too primary in this next question, <laughs> but could I get you to kind of define what empathy does mean from your point of view?
2: Um, it, it's like what I was just saying. It's, it's seeing people on – it's being able to see outside yourself and see other people – for what their situation is and you're not feeling bad for them necessarily for it that's i think that's more sympathy Mm -hmm. i think you are them and you know psychedelics has taught me that in an extremely tangible way Mm -hmm. and meditation helps me nurture that path but it's it's beyond it, it it's beyond sympathy it's beyond compassion it's just this is me and there's something. There's kind of a cold hard truth to that sometimes, and I really like playing with that. I really like playing with that in my films, and in my edits, and you know, seeing kind of what kind of responses we can elicit with people, knowing that that's our currency.
0: Mm, absolutely, it's it's sort of like, in a lot of ways, it seems like it's like detaching yourself, um, not like not fully detaching, but detaching yourself from what you think you are or what other people think you are or any of these things. And it's just like letting go of our titles and of our positions and of our like social capital.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's, uh, I think about this a lot coming from like a white male perspective, like thinking about privilege, thinking about like identity. And I think there's a lot of power to be had by like letting go of that and
2: well yeah I mean yeah. It, 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 there is you You do become powered, empowered by letting go of it but I would say kind of what I'm trying to do is, is do more than let go of it but it's it's transcend that and transcend the bullshit of all those labels you know it's just yeah. way too easy to get swept up in that illusion I mean when when to me the way I'm seeing it is the true reality is we are all the same fucking thing we're we're a huge macro organism that relies deeply on each other and there's no part of it you can kind of cut cut off and cast away and expect the whole thing to, to function properly. So I just feel like my work is kind of getting in there and examining that and overly focusing on who I am as an individual in this experience. I don't know. I just think it could make the work more boring and Probably end up limiting the subject matter that I would even consider pursuing. But since I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm a white boy all the time, and I'm just kind of thinking about the fact that I'm a person in this world, I don't think it really anything. I I do. I do
0: think that's what I was trying to say, though, is like letting go of your, you know, not being attached to that, and just like realizing there is a greater, bigger entity that we all are. Yeah. Uh, But it. I think it's harder to see, or. Maybe it's harder to let go from a place of privilege, is what I'm saying. Is yeah. that like it's it's easy to get attached to that, and it's like no, that's why I say like there's empathy, there's letting go of who you think you are and who you think those people, and putting that in quotes, like you are them, they mm. are you, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. so
0: I'm curious from your uh, process standpoint, you have like a team you're working with. How did that develop? Like where did that come from?
2: Yeah. um, Well, the most important creative relationship that I have in my life is with my editor, Kathy Gatto. And um, she's been editing. I've been editing with her for for 12 years. We met in, I think, 2004 at History Channel. We both, uh, we were both freelancers there working on promos and stuff. And we really just dug each other and dug each other's style and wanted to take this someplace. And um, yeah, we've stuck with each other ever since. So that's honestly my most important creative relationship in my life she's the first person i call up when i think of an idea for one of these things and i'm kind of running it by her because i know we're going to be spending a lot of time with it in the edit room and there's going to be a lot of emotion and and well a ton of emotion that gets poured into this so you know i'll call her up and see her feelings about something before i ever even approach or think about shooting it and usually we're on the same page for sure but um you know since then that was a long time ago and we've stuck together but along the way we picked up Cass Greener who is my my now executive producer at Very Ape and um she's also my living lover and (laughs) um yeah we've made a bunch of films together so it's basically you know her Kathy and I are the consistent people that are on all of these things and along the way we try to have great relationships with um with sound people and cinematographers, and you know, I've had the same guy mix every single one of these things. Frank Turbay, he's amazing, okay. and you know, it's just about finding people you vibe with. For me, it's uh, and these people are spread all over the place. Kathy lives in Atlanta. I live in New York. Like we get together, we make a big deal about these pieces of art that we want to produce, and we take them very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. And I think that that's kind of a a running theme. across our, our whole team. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just an extremely important thing. I think if you're going to get into filmmaking is realizing it's not necessarily, I mean, I guess you could nowadays with technology, but it's not necessarily something you do by yourself like photography or painting. Um, it's an art form that is extremely collaborative and the more collaborative or open to be to collaboration you are, I think the better your stuff will turn out. So, um, totally. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, that team, the, these people mean the world to me, honestly, I'm the one that gets interviewed and I'm the one that gets to go mm-hmm. on the podcast and do all that stuff, but that's just part of my job within the team. They don't want to do that stuff, but it, you know, it, it sucks cause I kind of get, get the glory and, um, but it, take one person out of the mix and these films wouldn't be what they are they're that important
0: totally man we've talked about that on the show before just like how collaborative how much of a team sport filmmaking is is unbelievable yeah
1: yeah. i mean i think there's a a level of that in in all art even if you're the sole artist painting on a canvas alone you still have a relationship with your consumers with the people that you make the art for
2: Oh yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, that's another, that's an even deeper level because you know, yeah, the collaboration continues after Kathy and I have like kind of put our stamp of approval on it. It is, it's me kind of, we then kind of get into this engagement and collaboration with the audience of like defining what this thing is going to be. Cause as much as we've tried to define what it's going to be with how we made it. It's really the audience that's gonna determine that over time and I don't know, we'd like to think that these things are gonna stand the test of time and kind of age like wine and be more relevant. you know be be more be more relevant and fascinating 10 20 years from now 30 years from totally. now I mean I know that's how the documentaries I'm watching to tell you the truth they're it it's like the closest thing I can
0: What are you watching or what are you
2: I watch a lot of um Less Blank films he's he's amazing he was this guy that did his thing in the 70s 80s 90s 2000s when he, I think he died in 2010 but amazing uh, documentary filmmaker uh, Ross McElwee is, is somebody who I really admire his work and the tone of all his work and the the way he approached it. I watch a lot of that stuff, watch a lot of old concerts, anything where you can immerse yourself in an experience and kind of go there with the people of the time. I, I don't know. I, uh, maybe it's just the stoner in me talking, but throwing on like a film like Woodstock f- yeah. f- for instance, which was the documentary of the the music yeah. festival. I transport there. I really go there, and I feel like that's what it was like to be there, and that's what it was like to um, to to live in that time. And that's a, that's the mark of a really good documentary to me. The, the filmmaker was able to pull himself out of it enough to the point where I can feel like I was there. Totally. Uh, I, I want to provide that for my audience. I can't think of anything cooler. It's it's what? the closest thing we have to time travel for it's sure. It's amazing.
0: And when <laughs> you said uh, watching old concerts, I was like. Instantly thinking about that Woodstock documentary, you yeah. know, just like picturing the people like being candid and like laughing, and it's like, ha ah, it is amazing. It's such we're, a great we're really film. Lucky. That, that's yeah, such a great good. film.
2: And yeah. you know what I love that they did in that? It's not just all like camera pointing at the stage, here's these yeah. big rock stars giving these things. It's about the people like, in the audience, dude, they,
0: cleaning out the porta that's potties That's exactly I what my, I was just gonna say. Like, that's my favorite. With that scene. It's
2: unbelievable. Yeah, my favorite. Those scene are the, the stories that are amazing, man. Yeah, and you know, and, and honestly, um. That that's the type of stuff we're we're kind of trying to pass on the, or carry the tradition yeah. with when we make something like Florida Man where you know those moments that feel like they probably mm. should have slipped through the cracks or shouldn't have been filmed in the first place or like why am I watching this I love that stuff because it challenges the audience to think about what life is and all of its um, profound poetry and meaninglessness in one yeah. you know in, in, in one uh, beautiful film good.
0: I'm having a moment just cause I'm, some, some stuff is crystallizing for me why I'm so attracted to like your approach and your stuff is like I, I was writing this piece recently after this tour I went on with Gallant and I went on one in the fall and I went on one in like May and I realized as I was writing this thing, all the stuff I was attracted to was like tour culture, the bus driver, yeah. like getting left uh, yeah. in a city. Like none of it was the actual performance, and because that's like the beautiful little nuance, and it's like the humanity of all of it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think that's what I really appreciate about your work is like it's it's still epic in the way that like films can be epic, but it's about Topics and people that are sometimes, well, m- almost never put on a stage, put exactly. in front of a camera. <laughs> and it's like, but we're all capable of this, like, beautiful, beautiful humanity. And so, shouts out
2: well i mean it's it's also it, it's it's a what exactly what you're saying is exactly the reason I, i've had to remain so independent and why no one will fund yeah. my films even if i ask them to because it's like what do i say to somebody i'm gonna go to florida for 10 days and <laughs> talk to whoever crosses my path and like you, 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 like they're gonna be like i'm throwing away my money here and yeah. who, do, who does this serve how can what kind of client can we get to buy this or you know it, it so so you see how i don't know this could eventually end up becoming a a tough gig to keep going because like i said it is it's not just me it's not cheap either so um yeah and it's it's definitely it's hard to get them made when they're increasingly getting weirder and weirder but i love it
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i think i can speak on behalf of both of us when i say thank you for for being vulnerable like that for taking the risk and for trying to tell these stories because you're doing a real service, not not only just because it's a little patronizing, maybe to say it. You're doing a service to the subjects of your documentaries. Maybe it's not, because I think that you are. But you're also doing a service to the people who wouldn't even know that they're interested in the subject matter, but turns out it it really does mean something personal to them. To yeah. People that watch.
2: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, with um is probably the best example of that. It's meant the world to me mm. to see that people have watched that and opened their hearts to people struggling with, with addiction. you yeah. know, I, I, It really does. It means the world to me that people can see that film and not just look at it through this myopic lens of, well, those are some fucking hillbillies in West Virginia mountains. What the hell they have to do with me? But instead, people across yeah. the world see it and can relate with it. It's a sad it's a sad thing it's a sad sign of the times but at the same time it's it just kind of shows the power and the truth of cinema when it's when when mm-hmm. you're doing it with the right intentions
0: got some goosebumps over here i was mm. just remembering i watched that trailer with my sister like a couple weeks ago and i was like oh i think this guy's coming to the podcast i'm so excited and i was just like oh my god i haven't watched the film yet i'm so excited to, but i was just like this is unfucking believable like look at yeah. this, look at this situation they're in right now. And these are real people. And this is so real. Yeah. It's, so man, mm.
2: it's raw, man, that, that, that film's as raw as anything I've done. And, um, I'm, I'm very proud of it because as, as dark as the subject matter is, I do think there's hope there. And I do think that there's light. Um, and it really kind of starts with the individual and it starts with the individual being able to open their heart and see these people as huge human beings first and foremost so um yeah like i said uh, it just uh, the response to that film continuing today is just it's just meant the world to me but it is a huge indicator of the sad state of affairs we have going on with the drug war and the opiate epidemic
1: Mm. i think you touch on a really important point and we'd be remiss not to mention it when we're talking about empathy we've been kind of framing the discussion it makes sense to do so around the fact that empathy makes for better art that it makes you a better creator, and it makes it easier and more relatable to consume the art. But empathy in, is first and foremost a, a human quality. It has mm-hmm. very real value in helping us understand the world and helping us leave more, lead more purposeful lives. So I almost feel like, and correct me if you guys think I'm wrong, but it's kind of a safe statement to make, <laughs> that empathy is you should be empathetic and let the art be kind of a byproduct of being empathetic
2: yeah exactly and that goes back to letting go just letting go of all those things that you think define you if i go into the trump rally being like oh, i'm gonna be empathetic today it's just gonna come out <laughs> like some cheese ball attempt at me trying to like prove to people that i'm a good human being mm-hmm. and you know instead i just kind of I know that that's in me and I know that's in in, um, Cass and Kathy and I know that's what's going to come out and the interesting part is exposing ourselves to these other parts of society that are going to purposefully challenge those things. And I'm not saying that's always the type of subject matter we're going to pursue, but I I do think it's an interesting thing to challenge in, in people for sure. It's like, cool. Yeah. You think you're empathetic, but you know, where does it stop for you? Where does it stop? Does it stop when somebody disagrees with you politically? Does it stop when someone's being racist or can you, can you instead of just casting that person off, just try and listen and understand for a minute and try to see where they're coming from. Because then we can do something about this. Just this constant labeling and writing off of each other that we do. And we come up with new and inventive ways to do it every day. Mm-hmm. This That mentality is going to doom the human race. I mean, come on now. What, 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 what are we doing?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think... <laughs> it's when when you, you, you hear the sound bites in the Trump rally thing, and you kind of roll your eyes for a second. Mm-hmm. But, totally. but but that is the moment that needs to happen that actually really doesn't happen because that moment is actually condensed from the sound bite to a tweet or to a clickbaity kind of article or to like a little clip on the news, I almost put that in quotes there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it should yikes. be. It well, should it's just, be you but, but, but to actually look at someone else in the eyes and hear them say that, then now we're having a conversation or we're at least having a moment where I'm hearing you actually express something. And I think sometimes the interesting thing that happens is when we... When we say something out loud, like this is the danger of being alone all the time and not expressing some of your ideas when you're trying to get feedback, is like when we say it out loud, we kind of have a new context personally with it. So Mm -hmm. I think there's actually sort of a low-key, incredible thing happening when you allow people to express themselves and to say something that they're going to stand behind. And then there's, I think, at least a moment of consideration that kind of has to happen and maybe they reconsider that statement or maybe they have to then stand behind it but even putting yourself in that arena in that conversation i think allows and forces people to stand by their statements to back it up to go past three seconds a sound soundbite and actually engage in a conversation which ultimately leads to change or leads to even if that deepens a belief, at least it's like more reinforced.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I definitely, I, I feel what you're saying. And, you know, I think that's one of the goals of these projects is to, to spark a dialogue is, is to kind of, you know, create the thing that people saw that they have in common, that now they can use that as a jumping off point for a conversation about this thing. And it's why we take extra care to not have these films come off like they contain all the answers i think they contain all the questions but Hmm. i wouldn't fucking put myself in any position to try to be you know uh just giving the final answer on some of these things it's so boring that's and it's so i i hate to say it it's increasingly the tendency in my medium in documentary it's like What's the takeaway? Where are yeah, the what's answers? The take-away, what's the right? solution? Well, you let's know? Get, yeah, anything it's,
0: that forces introspection or consideration <laughs> yeah. is like dangerous. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. And it it rubs people the wrong way. But for me, it rubs the right people the wrong way. And it's like, cool, you're just not a fan of my stuff. (laughs) You know, you you, and and you you want you just want a different type of filmmaker. And that's just not who I'm going to be because whatever. I'm not that great at details. I'm never going to put statistics in my films or like lower third everyone and explain what's going on. And oh, here's an expert on opiates. Like Uh, if I put an expert in Oxiana, do you know how condescending that is to the people that are in it? You know, the people that are in it are in it. They're the experts. They're going Mm. through this. They're seeing it every day. Having some doctor come on makes everyone else in that film look like a lab rat. It makes everyone else in the film look below this voice of God. And, you know, it's not just for that film. It's for all the films. We're trying to do that. And it challenges the audience because uh, some people want answers. They really do. I, every now and then I'll do a screening and do a QA and a and stuff. And inevitably there'll be some person who's just like slightly put off by, uh, by the open-endedness of all of this and just wants some sort of, you know, cold, hard fact, something they can take away, something that can make them feel better. And I'm like... I couldn't be happier when I get those types of of questions and criticisms, because I'm like, I got you in exactly the position I want you. You're gonna be thinking about my film the rest of your life. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, and and I'm not saying that in a selfish way. I'm saying in a way where like, I do, I want people, if I want anyone to take away anything from me making these projects, it's engage with your surroundings more, engage with your environment. We're a product of our environments. We might as well understand them more and and through a non-judgmental lens. And um, yeah, maybe that's all I'm trying to do going out there and doing all this stuff and spending all my fucking money doing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for spending the money, (laughs) the time, the energy. I mean, really, the vulnerability is like the biggest
2: thing here. Yeah, yeah. We're all vulnerable. We really are. You know, it's just uh, we're 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 all scared. We're all scared shitless. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. We're all scared shitless out here.
1: This week and every week, we take a break from the subject matter to talk about something that isn't particularly germane in scare quotes uh, to the conversation at hand. And you might have noticed it. We were having a theme things that get scared by something $10,000 pyramid. What are fireworks? Fireworks with the Independence Day. Feel how you may about it coming up. There's one tradition that kind of rings true like freedom. Like freedom. Like freedom course. over amber waves of grain. And that's fireworks displays sean audacious interesting spectacular how do you feel about them
2: fireworks um they're pretty boring except when they all go off at the same time there's a great youtube video that that happens every couple of years where like a, a fireworks display is supposed to take place over 18 minutes goes off in 30 seconds that's when it gets interesting but for the most part it's a really fascinating thing we gather to stare at and and come together for it.
0: I'm sensing a film. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Fireworks people. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't even know. The fireworkers, we'll call it. And we'll we'll do a doc on (laughs) all the people who like, there are people who have, what are they called? The pom-pom, what are they? Huh? The thing they use to light off the fire. It's like a burning stick. Mm. It's like a, uh, whatever. We'll show notes, whatever. We'll show notes the the But there's somebody who does that at all these like festivals, all these like, celebrations there's some guy or a girl probably a guy it feels like it's probably a sexist like pastime but uh oh pong, pom Pong whatever they they light all the fireworks what's their story
2: (laughs) yeah what is their story i feel like that'd be uh yeah, you could be onto something there. I would, I would counterbalance that film with some amateur action because, you know, to me, that's where fireworks get really interesting is when Ooh. your drunk uncle's pulling out the Roman candles and he wants to shoot them at you. That's that's that would be I'm an interesting
0: be. collaborative film like two <laughs> sides, two explorations. Who knows if they complement, if they contradict. Yeah. And this whole thing was a build up to pitch you on my fireworks film. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, Vinny, tell me a little bit. What do you have like 4th of July plans? You got a thing you do? What's your
1: Uh, I can see them from my building. The the downtown display. So, I don't think that I'm going to go. You know, when you say like fireworks are boring, I I mean, I think a lot of people would agree. I think we don't do it because it's necessarily thrilling, right? It's it's bright lights. We live in an age where a magic box on our desk can bring us things from all over the world. It's not that fireworks are that thrilling, but it's kind of like a um, momentum. It's a vestigial tradition. It's just something we do and have always done, and uh, our our national anthem has references to it, and we've just kind of always done it. And uh, it's just a lot scarier. When
0: we couldn't fully explain what was that, <laughs> you know what I mean? like like loud noises and Bright flames yeah. and fire, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right, right. But hmm, I will say it. It does represent in the same way that there are very few things we can all come behind now because we're also niched out and fragmented in our interests. Like fireworks are pretty, like okay, yeah, we can all just like stand out here and <laughs> look at yeah, that thing. Yeah. They're not that controversial besides being loud. Totally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, I do think more more entertaining is illegal fireworks, though. The Ooh, yeah. the law surrounding fireworks.
0: And, and actually, they're, are in the air fireworks are illegal in Minnesota. Am I correct? I don't know. They are. Oh, you're a Wisconsin boy, right? Yeah, I, I come from... So the, people go across the border to get the good ones.
1: Yes, the serious things. Yeah, gone wow. The ammunition. <laughs> Seriously.
2: We can't get them at all in New York. Oh. Uh, Nine eleven, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, we should just say nine eleven regardless. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but we should just say nine <sighs> eleven.
0: Biting my fist. <laughs> I'm literally biting my fist. Oh boy! In embarrassment. <laughs>
2: But also got excitement
0: it. for <laughs> slipping one in. There you got him.
2: Yep. <laughs> oh, have man. you guys done a 9/11 conspiracy episode yet? No, we'll get you back on. Okay. We don't invite people back on very often. We've only invited <laughs> one
0: or two, but we'll get a good maybe for our 911th episode.
2: Ooh, yeah, man. yeah. I'm not good I, at I'm I'm not good at 9/11 conspiracy series the theories. I honestly don't know about them at all, but I'm fascinated by. Have it. you seen cr- the film Zeitgeist? No, was no. S- You gotta. Oh, you that should was I just- check it out. Somebody slipped me a DVD
0: like a few years ago. That was
1: such a big deal, like ten years ago. That was yeah. like that was like all anyone was talking about for like a good six months. Check it out. It's oh, like cool. it's
0: kind of like the secret meets like computers and George Bush and Illuminati.
1: It's like um, a beginner's guide to all the popular <laughs> conspiracy theories that are present in like two yeah. thousand and. 12 culture
2: it's pretty lousy oh cool Uh, are chemtrails in there
1: yes Chemtrails
2: oh, definitely <laughs> yes, yes yes oh yeah okay, cool. oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's it's right the jet fuel burning
0: heat triangles the eyes. church
2: is involved the catholic church features oh this really goes right all right the way right to right the top right. all the way to the top cool uh, yeah it sounds like my type of thing i'm not in i don't subscribe to any of these r- conspiracy theories really yeah. but i find them to be fascinating there and are in revealing about like yeah what our deep paranoias are exactly uh
1: Go. Oh, I uh, think my favorite of all time is an oldie but a goodie—the the moon landing faking. That's yeah, did you see? Yeah. I never get sick. of NASA the released
0: of that. all these photos in semi-response to that recently. They're just like this exhaustive library of photos. They're just like this didn't happen.
2: There's just some people that are never gonna believe we landed on the moon it's just if they don't believe it now no photo is going to prove it i am curious though if we actually did me too me too
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i love about it though that's what because it's so impossible like you come up with some of these theories like oh 9-11 was an inside job that's really difficult to prove or disprove and would probably i mean the evidence suggests not obviously but Mm. you know there's no way to really know quote-unquote the moon landing, there's very hard, obvious evidence. It's very clear that we did land on the moon. And that's why I love the fact that people still believe in that conspiracy Can theory. Because it, it speaks to the whole nature of belief, right? Yeah. They, the story of faking it is too good. They don't want it the to be The irony real. is like there's
0: so many like, religious parallels when we actually put in those terms, right? Yeah. Like so much hard evidencing the contrary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. True. Oh,
0: wow, wow. Vince mm. was literally like fanning his shirt out. Okay, let me tell you a story. I swear I didn't have this prepared, but I am remembering my uh fourth of July I used to spend at my aunt and uncles on a lake uh in my parents and I say parents plural their hometown, they were from the same place. Um and I remember one time we were sort of, uh, we were sort of arsonists. Like we would just fuck around with fireworks all the time. Like in a kind of bastardy way, like throwing firecrackers in the water, like, and I'm pretty sure there were fish that ate them and I'm sorry. And that was bad, but like, Mm -hmm. that was the level we were at. And I remember one time we like broke this propeller firework open and like just lit the actual powder and it all exploded at once and just lit my entire all the hair, burned all the hair off one of my full legs <laughs> and lit
1: my towel on fire and it was just like oh. that's the good stuff man <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's what it's all about man,
1: <laughs> that's having a brush with mortality, that's what a firework made us feel in the old days when we would fire off ship shells into the air, just mm. to, you know, celebrate something, just to make us feel alive, just
0: to feel something man <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow and you know what I felt a lot over the course of this episode I felt a lot of feelings Did I you? feel
2: it all man it's, it's kicking I'm, in I am it's I'm kicking feeling,
1: in <laughs> I felt I felt a little bit uncomfortable at some parts because the subject matter became really personal and intense and I felt mm-hmm. happy because we're having a really interesting enlightening and I think positive conversation
2: so. Yo, people are funny, man. I know this. It, you're like, you're right. It does, it does sound serious and kind of like, whoa. But, but really what it comes down to is people are fucking dope. They're so funny and yeah. interesting. And like, everyone I come across, and I rarely film people. Like, the, the, these films are of the tiny fraction of what my life is people are just so fucking cool and they always bring something to the table and inspire me in some way. And I want to continue to see the world like that. And Mm -hmm. I want more motherfuckers to wake up and find this as interesting as I do. And uh, yeah, this, I don't know. You you guys are awesome. I think uh, even though we were talking about a lot of heavy shit, I just want that to come through. I have a really good sense of humor about what this world is and what this experience is. I definitely feel (laughs) that. I
0: think like there is is kind of a dark humor about the work and whatever, but I I, I think that's clear at least to me yeah
1: I I mean maybe I'm not even trying to push back I don't think dark humor might be yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. right it's like um, la- laughing so we don't cry right it's like yes appreciating the absurdity of humanity and that it's beautiful in its own way because it's absurd yeah,
2: yeah. there's
0: like two options well there, <laughs> it's more nuanced than that like all things but really it's like when you recognize your mortality it's kind of like Okay. Well, where do I go with this? Do I use this to fuel me, to inspire me to, to go deeper? Or do I use this to shy away, to run, to be scared? And we're all scared, but I think getting up and like facing that fear consistently. And, and when we, I was, I was completely thinking, yeah. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. It's absurd, but it, and it's beautiful and it's sad and it's the whole range. When we were saying like, uh, yeah, we launched that stuff off the fireworks to feel alive. I mean, really, I feel like that's sometimes the creative process too. I think for me, it is a lot of times is like, it's fear inducing and I get back in there because I know it like makes me feel alive and I hope to like bring something to that. And I can only imagine how your creative process must feel too. It's like you step back in there, you look people in the eyes and, and then yeah. hopefully you bring the little spark of, humanness you see to the rest of us
2: well it's extremely invigorating and life-affirming to the point that when when I'm not expressing myself like that I feel like a fraud I feel like I'm not part of this world I feel very isolated and well, that's part of the reason I started a podcast, honestly oh, not cool. that i not that i not that I need the attention, but just like it gives me a reason to continue to connect and pursue and I'm sure you guys are probably oh, they th- feel the same way absolutely I mean,
0: I was thinking about today, the literal thing I was thinking, wow, everyone should podcast, and I was just really excited to talk to you because like your work is really impactful and I just I get the sense of like humanity and I'm like wow what a treat I have a reason to talk to this person engage with this person like that's mm. so cool yeah and I was thinking
2: that today too I was I was thinking I've only done I think 23 or 24 episodes of mine mm-hmm. and I'm like it's come Ooh. to the point now where I'm becoming friends with these people and it's so cool it's amazing <laughs> I saw you had your mom on yes right? me and yeah.
0: Vin we had my dad on episode like 78 Uh, And we went back to my hometown and sat down with my dad. I haven't listened, I haven't listened to your podcast or the one with your mom. Uh, but like.
2: Right, it's amazing. Oh. oh my god! Well, I mean, when I did that early on. I was like thinking, like, okay, let me do some ones with people I know. But then I mm-hmm. had like the heaviest conversation with my mom, and she's just listen. being so open that it, it set the bar. Honestly, for me, I was Damn. like trying to still figure out what this podcast is, and you have somebody who knows you so well and is such an extension of you. You can't hide. It's such a beautiful thing to have your parents like. Uh, on one of these things and Dude. I, I've gone on national radio on Sirius XM radio on the um, Ron and Fez show with my dad before and just basically held an hour-long AA meeting where we just took calls from Whoa. from addicts and stuff and it just it just developed into that and oh my God, that was like the most bonding experience I've ever had with my dad. And it was happening on national radio. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want the podcast to be more, to, to, to feel like that. Reasons to bond with people, reasons to have conversations. And I don't know, mine's a little bit all over the place right now, but people should check it out if you do.
1: Hell yeah. Well, well uh, actually, this is a great, a kind of a great take up for the fact that we have two questions for you, Sean. And hopefully yeah. I think you will allude to the podcast in answer to the first one. But I, I'm leading the witness a little bit. I'll let you answer in your own way. <laughs> uh, how can our listeners support you, Sean?
2: Um, the best way to support me right now, if, if you see me running a Kickstarter or something like that, please, please understand I'm not doing that for my own health. I, I don't make money off these films. I put them out for free. I work my ass off trying to hustle and make commercials and shit like that to save enough money to go out there and bring these experiences back to you. So if you see me doing a crowdfunding campaign, it's because it's not for, I, I want money and need profits or anything like that. So that's the money we desperately need to get these projects made. and. I, I think crowdfunding's become so ubiquitous that people can forget that sometimes mm-hmm. like that there's artists that rely on that and I don't know how else we're going to make these things. So I don't and do it often. It's I've only so done important. It twice. The so stuff you're doing
0: is so important. Please. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks
2: man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. so I would say that, but also like an even simpler thing is like, just watch our stuff. I don't care. And if yes. you dig it, share it with somebody, tell someone about us. We have no help. There is no middlemen there. We don't work for vice. No one's funding our shit. So, it's happening purely through this grassroots effort, this word of mouth, this punk rock DIY thing that's going on. It's just words spreading about my stuff. And uh, I couldn't be more psyched about it. And I want uh, th- that's the best way to support me is just watch, watch what we've poured our heart and soul into, which are these films for free. Very TV.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I mean, I, I've been telling a lot of people that I know to watch these because it's an easy recommend because they're really, really, I mean, it's just great work. I mean thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even trying to, you know, puff you up here, just appreciate really it, it is. And so
2: I think Don't gas me up unnecessarily. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, man. I wouldn't. You know, that's it. not
1: authentic. That's not empathetic. <laughs> so that's not what we're doing. We're doing yeah. it. we're talking from the heart. Yeah. That's a appreciate good recommendation. It. We'll put that all in the show notes. And Sean, we have one more question for you. Yeah. If you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you want that to be?
0: and what are all Um, the takeaways from your films (laughs)
1: line by line
2: (laughs) Um, I don't get them (laughs) one takeaway from my time on the show is you know there's always another perspective there's always a more loving way you can look at a situation so when you can try to challenge yourself to do that that's all I'm doing it is a challenge and it is fun and it can be kind of like a game but yeah challenge yourself to try to look at things through a more loving lens even if you think you already are oof
1: absolutely I all mean, well said and and that is probably the most empathetic you've thing you've said on the entire show so it's pretty fitting and i think you're one of the most empathetic people we've ever had the pleasure of having no, on to, to have a conversation so thanks thanks a lot
2: thank you guys peace and love
0: Ooh, peace and love is not how we end the show. (laughs) So don't you dare!
1: Strike three. (laughs) You're
0: out here. No, could you leave our listeners and us with? um, If you're willing, I mean, it's up to you. I don't want to force anything on you. Yeah.
1: No one's ever refused, but
0: (laughs) oh god. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was just okay. Uh, We say ship it to end every show. Okay. Uh, And actually, I think a lot of your stuff... Here's what I really appreciate is, like, you are... It, especially when you talk about like psychedelics, drug use, like that stuff, there's such a stigma around it and obviously your films are exploring that too. But th- one of the stigmas is that people don't like there's like a laziness associated with it. and yeah, I think yeah and, and I think uh, what I appreciate on the base level of what you're doing is like you're putting out work and like at least showing like come on <laughs> like that's not a thing like it's so misunderstood. but mm-hmm. uh, that putting out of the work, that like moment is shipping it from our perspective. And so Mm. if, if you could leave us with a Sean Dunn ship it, that'd be great.
2: Yo, what up people out there? Ship it. Whoop, whoop.